everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Wandering Minds Meet the Author, a Wandering Minds publishing podcast series where I, Felicity Anderson, get to know our authors on a more personal level and discuss their upcoming releases. In today's episode, I interview author Brandon Sturak ahead of his debut release of Imperium Adventure Reality, a fantasy and MMORPG-inspired adventure novel available in paperback and ebook on March 22nd, online at wanderingmindspublishing.com book-shop. That's our bookshop at wanderingmindspublishing.com. Pre-order now. Hi, Brandon. Uh, how have you been since we last spoke? Hey, I've been fantastic. Uh, getting pretty excited with uh, just a couple weeks off. Well, probably not even a couple weeks at this point. Of, uh, yeah, I think we're looking release. at about a week and a half now. Yeah, time's flying. Yeah, so um, I know we've had a one-on-one conversation before, and I got to know you a little bit. Can you uh, give a quick summary about yourself and your background for everyone else who's getting to know you? Yeah, so my name is Brandon. Uh Really big nerd, loving video games, D&D, uh, anime, stuff like that. I graduated from Niagara University in 2019, uh, went on from there to join the esports e- industry, where I worked as a coach for a League of Legends team uh, for NU and also for a few different sites, namely ESTNN, uh, where I was an editor for their gaming and esports news guides, that kind of stuff. Uh, now I'm just working as a digital copywriter and getting my first book book, book published. Sorry, nerves at the start. Is the no thing. problem. <laughs> uh, so if, if you don't mind me asking, what caused the shift from the esports scene to the to the copy editing that you're doing right now? So esports is a very passion driven industry, uh, mm-hmm. not quite financially driven, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so while it was fun to do for a while, and I think I got some really great experiences out of it, uh, I had a lot of fun with it. It wasn't exactly the thing I was going to keep with forever. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And uh, before I move on to the next question, uh, what is your preferred lane and champion in League? <laughs> uh, so I'm a huge Vladimir one trick. I have like Ooh. two and a half million mastery points on him. Mm-hmm. And I just play mid lane usually. I can play top, but mid lane's my jam. Nice, yeah. Um, I uh, also have fallen to the plague of league. I have I've been taking oh. a little bit of, of a break these past few months. Uh, but when I was playing with my friends for quite a bit of time, you'd see me top lane with Alawi, uh, probably my strongest. But respectable, uh, respectable yes. top laner. Yep. And I, I also do want to acknowledge real quickly, if there's any scratching in the background, I am in the room with my bearded dragon, Bernie, and he very much wants to walk around and have fun right now. But since I'm working, he has to wait till till afterwards where uh-huh. he'll get uh, tons of time to, to run around my room. But in the meantime, he's throwing a little bit of a fit in case you can hear it in the background. <laughs> Poor Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now getting on to uh, the book at hand, the one that's coming out in about a week and a half, your book, Imperium Adventure Reality. So could you give a quick summary of the book for those who haven't heard of it yet? Yeah. So it's a fun science fiction-y adventure set in a very fantasy-centric uh, virtual reality gaming world. Um, follows the pursuits of Max, who is one of the highest level players in the game, and a growing cast of advent- or of players that um, he meets along the way or that he knew and kind of links up with. Uh, they kind of go through this world, uncover some mysteries that they didn't quite expect, and end up finding out that Imperium is 
a bit more than just a game. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of the game, uh, there's also some things going on with him and his father, uh, kind of debating what his future is going to be, not quite seeing eye to eye on that, and having some personal struggles and trying to find something in life that he thinks is worth pursuing. Mm-hmm. And for those that just heard that description and their interest is piqued, but they're quite not quite sure on if they want to make the jump and really dive into your book, what would you who do you think is the ideal reader? I would say there's a few different aspects of that. Uh gamers just in general uh will probably get a real kick out of it. It doesn't go super in depth in the systems like uh lit RPG kind of books in that genre we'll go into. Uh, but it definitely has all of the action, kind of uh, the fun that's built into a game. I tried to build it into the book as much as I could. Um, but past that, I think people will really get a lot out of it if they're at a point in life where they don't know exactly where they want to go. Uh, Max struggles with that as well. I think it's mm-hmm. kind of a, rela- a relatable struggle for a lot of people. Um, Very much. And maybe those people who have a passion um, but don't exactly know how to move forward with that Mm -hmm. or that don't even know that they can move forward with it. I think those people in particular will get a lot out of it. But, I mean, if you like uh, gaming, MMOs, even like D&D or anime, uh, those all kind of were inspirations coming into this. So. You know, there's a wide spectrum of people, I think, that'll get a kick out of it. I think that was very well put and also very well said on the, the relatability of the struggle that Max faces. Mm-hmm. I know that I personally can highly, highly uh, relate to that. I, I often talk about my position in life being more or less like a Plinko board, where I ended up, <laughs> what job I ended up doing, and what passion I decided uh pursuing was really just left up to wherever the ball fell um so so that's immediately what i thought about and uh and you keep mentioning D and i also am uh i have an extensive history with D and myself uh, also something i've taken a break on recently you, you tend to get busy and and put things aside but i did quickly just want to insert that uh wild magic sorcerer with a wand of wonders is the best way to play the game <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's definitely a unique one. Uh, yeah. In my big campaign that I've been playing recently, uh, I've been playing this uh, homebrew blood magic class that I had a lot of fun with. Oh, yeah, we have something similar in one of my friends' campaign. Uh, it's also has to do with metallurgy as well. It's, it's kind of a... Oh. A little, it, it, it gets pretty interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so um, without giving too much away... What are you most excited uh, about readers encountering while reading your book? Without giving too much away. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little bit hard. <laughs> yeah. I think we both kind of have the same idea. Yes. Um, there's a reveal towards the end that I think People definitely, are be satisfied definitely wraps up all the loose ends. Yes. Um, I think that's kind of like the peak of the book. If, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And if I could speak to that real quickly, I know that everyone listening is going to say, wow, what a what a really vague and general statement. But we both know, Brandon and I both know what uh, Brandon is talking about. And, uh, you know, from from someone who has read the book and who's a fan of a book, uh, the book myself, uh, definitely worth it. It is it is very well executed and written. It's one of those it's one of those uh, tying the loose strings together in a way that. 
isn't completely obvious because you know you don't always want to have something glaring in your face and when you get to it you're like oh yeah i saw it coming um it's done really well and i really can't wait for everyone who picks up the book to get there and and share in our excitement yeah i'm hoping it's a sucker punch in a way yeah Um, (laughs) sounds like it's well executed enough so thank you for that yeah yeah um yeah that's the big thing um i guess in the future there are going to be uh, sequels to this. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of backstory and uh, stuff like that that is also going to get explored. So I'm excited to explore that myself uh, down the line. Yes. And um, and that was actually a question I was going to have later on, but I might as well uh, expand upon it now where we're on it. So I was going to ask um, what we can expect from you in the future. And you just mentioned that there'll be more and um that's something i'm excited about because as you just mentioned uh in the future there's going to be more exploring lore and backgrounds of different characters and all that uh another thing that i think you did well in your book is we have uh these unique characters that are distinguishable and they feel genuine like you feel like they have like they're just they're distinct in who they are and you do a good job of not just dumping everything out for the reader all at once so what i mean by that is by the end of the book there's still so much we want to learn about these other characters like amaya for example who um you know, there's definitely so much more to explore there. So uh, definitely leaves a lot for readers to be excited to to learn in, in the future and also to look forward to other books in the future. Because if you're anything like me, you're going to finish the book and you're just going to immediately want to, to, to know more about those characters. Yeah, totally. Um, the characters were something that I was probably the most worried about uh, while writing. Uh, just always double checking myself, triple checking myself to see if they're being executed on the page as well as they are in my head, I guess mm-hmm. is the way I can mm-hmm. put it. Um, being a D&D player, uh, having a sense of how to act and how to stay in character, I think helped me a lot with the characters oh. in this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to get into their head, uh, kind of know where they're coming from, know what they want uh, really helps in making sure they're all unique. Yeah. And that ties things together for me a little bit because, uh, as I mentioned, uh, your characters are distinct, authentic, and each of them has their own charming appeal to them. Uh, it doesn't feel like, um, it does not feel like a copy and paste with a little bit of, uh, changes to it to make the character a little bit more distinct, distinct. It genuinely feels like, uh, like you said. And, the D&D edition that you just mentioned of being able to to know how to act it out and also kind of be in the mind of the character uh, is something that I hadn't thought about. I knew I knew about you, that uh, the D&D background and having a D&D background myself. I never really thought about how that translates to, to writing because, um, you know, I do more of personally, I do more of helping people complete their stories rather than writing uh, complete stories on my own. I, I like to help people uh finish and see through what they have uh and i think that's an incredible strength i know during the editing process you definitely knew uh when any edits were made to what the character said or was thinking or doing that was slightly off from what you had in mind you were very uh well spoken and vocal on what you intended for that scene or uh, the intentions of the character and it wasn't always just immediately what was written in the text in the moment. It was also just a general understanding of what 
is motivating the character and what the character is feeling um, that would motivate the way that uh, the words are written. So that was uh, something I definitely noted while working with you. So that was a, a reason why I really wanted to go over and cover the characters is because I think it's a, a really good lesson for anyone out there who uh, is writing themselves. Characters, like you said, is something that you thought were difficult. You, you spent a lot of time on it. And I think for others out there who are struggling with the same thing or are scared of the same thing, to explore some of your hobbies, like if you are a D&D player or if you're other some type of role-playing uh, hobby, see how those things can translate into your writing because um, in this case, it was, it was rather successful. Yeah, totally. And I will say that a lot of it wasn't even just me sitting down with like a personality chart or something and mm -hmm. filling in little boxes. A lot of it was just me like sitting in the sitting on my couch watching something else and like just in the background thinking of uh, what characters would think in this situation or mm -hmm. even like in the car driving somewhere. I'll like go through scenes that I want to do in my head and kind of be like, well, if this happened, would they really react like this? I don't know. Maybe if they were around. A lot of different stuff like that. So it's not always mm -hmm. the most active thought. It's a lot of just bouncing back and forth whenever you have a little opportunity. Mm -hmm. Now, shifting a little bit away from characters, how many stories did it take before you ended up with Imperium, Imperium Adventure Reality? So there were two kind of attempts uh, at stories before this. One was in maybe midway through college and my god it was so bad <laughs> um i reread some of it a couple months ago and it just made me cringe with how bad it was um, was it was it a similar concept or was it a completely different uh story idea it was more high fantasy it didn't have mm -hmm. anything to do with like video games or anything um yeah it just it just wasn't there uh mm -hmm. Then the second one came, it started when I was in a screenwriting class in college, uh, which was a great experience for me. I talk about it in my blog a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, we actually started working on a screenplay and that got through like the first act of it um, by the end of the course. And I thought afterward, I'm like, you know, this is this is a fun story. Uh, I want to try going with this a little bit. Only got, you know, a chapter or two in before I kind of dropped it. Um, mm -hmm. Didn't quite have the spark, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, and Imperium did. Yeah, Imperium is definitely special to me. I think the other two stories kind of failed because they didn't have any deeper questions that they were trying to answer. Mm -hmm. I think Imperium for me, I was going and trying to write something fun, something with like a lot of action, with uh, some funny aspects of it um but also kind of some more philosophical i guess i don't want to sound too you know on the nose about philosophical stuff but um don't worry i have a <laughs> I, ha I have a, a philosophy degree so i will okay. welcome any conversation that brings it up <laughs> yeah i don't want to i don't want to make it sound like you know all high and mighty um but there were definitely questions that i set out to ask and to kind of answer from other media that I've seen or read mm -hmm. or played uh, that I think really give me good foundations to build off of. Mm -hmm. And that leads me into another question I have, actually. So can you expand on these themes or questions in your book? Um, what type of larger conversations that they're referring to? Yeah, so one of the ones that you're going to pick up on pretty early in the book is 
people's relationships to technology and to video games, especially, um, you know, video games are becoming something that's more socially acceptable nowadays, uh, but there's still sort of a stigma to it. Um, and really most people consider them to be just a hobby at best. Uh, but I think for the people who experience these stories, these narratives in these worlds, there's much more to it than that. Um, you know, we fall in love with these things we see and we experience. Um, and in games like, especially MMORPGs, uh, like I play Final Fantasy fourteen and RuneScape, for example, and even D&D too. Uh, people build communities, find friends, uh, go on these wacky, fun adventures together, and so much more. Um, you know, we all kind of have, I guess you could call it a virtual life in a way. And I think it's some people, or it's something I think people don't often think about, but it's kind of a cool concept to me. Um, other than that, there are, you know, some questions of morality and technology that got hinted at. I'll probably expand on more, those a little bit more in the future. Um, some struggles of family relationships that come up, um, you know, I think everybody can kind of relate to those in one way or another. And one of the biggest ones of all, just following your passions. Um, it's something that everybody wants to do, but uh, sometimes, it happens or it doesn't happen, but I think it's something that people need reinforcement on. Uh, so they keep chasing it and you don't give up on what you want to do. I think that's really important for everybody, really. And I'm going to actually rewind a little bit. I could have asked this earlier, but how long did it take you to write the book? So it didn't take me really all that long. I think I started in the spring of 2022 and finished by late summer maybe that's pretty impressive so that's that's rather quick what do you think uh contributed to that well i didn't have a job at the time so that certainly helped um but uh just once i got started it was pretty addicting to keep going Mm -hmm. um i didn't set out beforehand by planning out what was going to happen um you know, with like a outline or anything. I did mm-hmm. a lot of discovery writing. So as the story was unfolding, I was enjoying seeing where it was going. Uh, yeah. So that kind of made it something I wanted to do every day for hours every day. And uh, I also recall you mentioned that you did a screenwriting class, correct? Yeah. So I actually noticed there's a few authors I'm working with right now who do have a background with screenwriting classes. Um, and they tend to deliver very well-exercised manuscripts. So could you, what do you think is the advantage that screenwriting gives you as an author? And would you recommend to other people to seek out screenwriting opportunities if they're also interested in writing? Hmm. I never really thought about that too much. Um, The real thing that I got out of my screenwriting class wasn't, you know, the technicalities of how to write a screenplay Mm -hmm. uh, or how to outline properly. Um, mm-hmm. What I really got out of it was from my professor, uh, just how to tell stories. And I think there's probably other classes you can go to for that. Like, it's not strictly a screenwriting thing. Yes. But 
you know, those types of classes where you can really understand how a story should flow, how characters should be made, stuff like that is really helpful. I mean, it was really helpful for me. It's stuff that you don't really, it's stuff that you might know, but you might not recognize that you know it until it's laid out in front of you, if that makes sense. Yeah. And and I'm just going to hop on that uh, and elaborate some of the things that I've heard from people who have a screenwriting background and some of the things I've seen in their writing is particularly what I've noticed is those that have a screenwriting background or experience, they tend to be able to have more success with the um, showing, not telling aspect of writing. Uh, So I, you know, just to mention anyone who's listening, who is paying close attention to uh, what, you know, their writing capabilities into showing instead of telling. Um, maybe, I don't know, just from my, my experience of talking to people with this background, you know, maybe, maybe there's something there that could help me with that. Uh, cause really incredible showing versus telling that I've seen from that group. Yeah, for now, sure. Uh, I don't know if it's something like, you know, specific to screenwriting, but I'm sure yeah. being in that kind of you know, area helps a lot. It also reminds me of a conversation I had with another author that, you know, that has the background similar. He said that what really helped him for showing versus telling was in one of his screenwriting classes, his professor showed like a short film or something without any audio or, or uh, subtitles. And at the end, asked them if they were still able to uh, tell what, what happened in the short film, what it was about and, huh. and the conflicts. And, and that is an example of showing versus telling. You know, you had no dialogue, you had no subtitles, but you were still able to watch this short film and come out with an understanding. And I think that might be helpful for people who are exploring showing versus telling in their writing to think about. Um, I know it was definitely an interesting example that I like to give people now. Yeah, that's really cool. I've never had that quite, uh, quite experience, but yep. that's a funny one. So uh, we only have a few minutes left here, so I'm going to, uh, we only have a few questions. So some of them are a little bit quicker, such as, uh, who has been the biggest support of your writing? Uh, definitely my mom. Uh, don't want to sound too much like a mama's boy, but uh, she's been here every step of the way. She read all of my book, kind of gave me feedback on it whenever I asked her to, and has just been awesome. Nice. I also... Um, you know, no shame in, uh, you know, I, mama's boy is not a bad thing. I am definitely <laughs> a mama person. I call my mom several times a day. Don't know what I'd do without her. So, For sure. Uh, no shame there. So let's see. Uh, how do I want to ask? I feel like some of these can be combined. So let me see if I could save a little time. So um, I think I can combine some of these like this. You mentioned earlier that you went back and you read uh, your old stories and you said that it was cringy and that uh, you've come a long way. So what has changed in your writing that uh, went from a product that you look back at and you're like, oh, uh, to being able to produce, you know, Imperium? Uh, I guess the biggest thing would be confidence, uh, confidence mm-hmm. in just how I write and how I can put together stories Uh that's probably the biggest thing. Uh, other than that, I mean, there was definitely a multi-year gap in between Imperium and that. Mm-hmm. So just having more experience uh, with writing, even though you know I was writing mostly like esports journals and stuff, mm-hmm. um, still got a lot of experience under my belt. So that helped a lot. Yep. So uh, so now that you have experience of you know finishing a book, it's it's coming out in a week and a half. Uh, 
as you're transitioning from writing as a hobby to publishing your first book, how is that impacting the way you view your writing? Feels like I'm getting somewhere with it, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, You know, when I first finished Imperium, I was doing the whole querying thing, sending it out Mm -hmm. to agents and publishers left and right. Never really got back good responses or responses at all. So it was Mm -hmm. definitely disheartening for a while until I found you and uh, it all kind of clicked. So finally having solid evidence that I'm growing and Mm -hmm. that I'm able to really pull this off is just really rewarding. 100%. And what do you think you'll do differently um, when you start writing? Or if you you may have already started writing, what what are you going to be doing differently in the in the next books? So I have started process? writing it a little bit, uh, not super far into it, maybe 30 ish pages. But I guess I'm I guess I'm going in with a bit more of a plan. I mean, yeah. I can't just build the world from scratch anymore. So mm-hmm. I have to keep up with what I already have. Um Yeah, so I guess I have more of a plan. It's less discovery writing. I kind of have ideas on the events that I want to happen, where I want to end the book, that kind of stuff. So it's not quite as just throw it at the wall and see what happens, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. So um, that's all the questions I have for you today. Now, I wanted to remind everyone that the book Imperium Adventure Reality by Brandon Sturak, is that how you say it? Sturak, yeah. Sturak, yeah. uh, Imperium Adventure Reality by Brandon Sturak is coming out on Wednesday, March 22nd. So be sure to check it out at wanderingmindspublishing.com in the bookshop. It is available in ebook and uh, paperback. In the future, you can look out for hardback covers, but that's something still in development. And um, Brandon, is there any uh, presence online that you want to promote, maybe social media or a, a blog? Or uh, we, we have your blog coming soon on ours as well. So be sure to check out um, the uh, a blog from Brandon coming up this week and anything that you wanted to promote. Um, I think I'm going to put together a Facebook page for uh, me as an author mm-hmm. soon. So stay on the lookout for that, I guess. I uh, might also put together a Twitter as well. Awesome. And don't have that right now. <laughs> no problem. All right. So thank you for your time. And, you know, this was our first attempt at having an audio interview with our authors. So um, thank you for doing this with us and bearing with us, everyone, as we stutter along and, and figure this out. And it, it's I really enjoyed having this conversation with you. And I really encourage everyone to check out the book, um, especially at least just go look at the cover art, because I know you can't look at the cover art through an audio interview. <laughs> I, I recommend to just go check that out. All right. Well, uh, thank you. Yeah, of course. That was our first Meet the Authors episode here at Wandering Minds, a Wandering Minds publishing podcast series. Here at Wandering Minds Publishing, 10% of the company's cut of book sales is donated to an organization or cause of the author's choosing. With each purchase of Imperium Adventure Reality, 10% of your money will contribute towards St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Thank you for listening and be sure to order yourself a copy of Imperium Adventure Reality, available at wanderingmindspublishing.com, bookshop, in paperback and ebook, March 22nd. Thank you.